Welcome to MediaPost's Brand Insider. I'm your host, Steve Smith, Editorial Director of Events here at MediaPost. Each week, we interview marketing leaders from companies old and new about how they build and evolve their brands on an unpredictable media and culture terrain. In addition to this full audio interview in podcast form, we also publish a companion newsletter with highlights from the Q&A. MediaPost has been covering marketing and media news for over 20 years. You can find the Brand Insider Weekly as well as our daily coverage at MediaPost.com. Now, let's get into it. Since Lexus launched its first hybrid vehicle in 2005, the brand sought to lead the way in electrified luxury vehicles. Its new initiative is called Lexus Electrified, and it launches with a very high concept campaign that we've been seeing re recently called Like Attracts Like, which highlights the human-powered nature, even of electrified vehicles. To discuss the, Lex the Lexus Electrified effort and how it's positioning both these vehicles and the brand in the market, we have Vinay Shahani. He is the uh, VP of Marketing for Lexus. Vinay oversees all aspects of marketing for the brand, strategy, its media. Uh, previously, he's held marketing posts in integrated marketing for Toyota North America, was CMO at Volkswagen, and before that was at Nissan. Welcome, Vinay. Thank you, Steve. Nice to see you. So obviously all automakers have electric fleets now of some sort. Why do we need, why right now Lexus Electrified as an umbrella effort? Uh, strategically, what's the impetus here? Yeah, I think um, the best way for me to answer that question is to rewind the clock a little bit and take you back to 1989 and, and remind the listeners of the genesis of Lexus, which was a brand that hit the scene with a new formula, which was to really focus on the guest experience and put the guests at the center of everything that we do. And I think over time, we as a brand have realized that, number one, that message resonated really well. Uh, there was white space for us to really sort of create a brand that started with fundamentally trying to do uh, business the way the guests wanted to do business. But you fast forward to today and I think it would be fair for us to say that in terms of meeting guests' needs, one size fits all approach to electrification doesn't work. You know, it could be someone who's living in a very urban environment um, uh, versus someone who's living in a very rural environment, and their needs are very different. And so from that perspective, knowing that one size fits all doesn't necessarily work for our guests we felt like putting the spotlight on the fact that at Lexus, we have a diversified portfolio of electrification that will meet your needs, whether that's a hybrid electric vehicle or a plug-in hybrid electric vehicle where you would have, let's say, 35 to 40 miles of all-electric range plus the safety net of an efficient gas engine, or like we have with the all-new RZ450E, an all-electric battery electric vehicle um, all of which that feature driver-inspired craftsmanship, thrilling performance, intuitive technology, which collectively only Lexus can provide. And that, for me, is, is really the foundation for the campaign, to really sort of tell that story that Lexus has multiple ways in to help solve your needs. So that so I think you're answering my next question, which is about differentiation. Is that when you were looking out in the market and you were are, are you sort of diagnosing one of the weaknesses of the electric market is that it does tend to be one size fit all, and that one and that the white space for you this time is a kind of more personalized approach. Yeah, I think I would put an emphasis on personalized approach for sure. Um, 
I would also put an emphasis on the fact that, you know, we feel like by virtue of us having a long history with hybrid electric vehicles, we have the credibility to, to really own this message. Because again, we, we sort of started that, um, that segment years ago. Our sister brand, Toyota, obviously with the Prius, but eventually with the hybrids that you see across the Lexus lineup. So I would say uh, those are those are the the messages that we really emphasize with this campaign. And uh, that's a good segue into talking about the messaging and the creative because it does stand out. And I, I will try to embed the video in the newsletter so people can see it because I think it's a different kind of car advertising. Very quick cut. Um, a lot of different characters at play within within it, very action-oriented, very musically oriented. Um, and also, at least I noticed that compared to a lot of a lot of other EV advertising, this really seems to downplay the tech. In fact, the like attracts like, the whole point of the ad seems to be this human-powered idea. So tell us a little bit about that choice and about how you see it uh, in relationship to the rest of the market. Yeah, thanks for noticing that, um, Stephen. I think first and foremost, um, I think you you walked away with one of the most important things that we wanted to communicate, which is while electricity is definitely the power behind the range of our vehicles, ultimately our vehicles are inspired by, created for, and ultimately powered by the people. You know, we love to say that our guests are our inspiration, and they're the ones that ultimately help us shape what we want to do when we want to invest and create a new vehicle. And I think that is definitely something different, something that we say in this campaign that you don't see a whole lot of when you look at the the, the spectrum of, of brand communications that are out there for different mobility solutions. So I think as a marketer, as, as a CMO, uh, we're always looking for ways to find that white space that's uniquely ownable, and credible for our brand. And I think that's where, again, if you go back to 1989 and the disruption that came from the formation of the Lexus brand, which was, hey, we're gonna focus on the guest experience. I think it all adds up to a very sort of credible, but also a very evolutionary message for where our brand is today, if that makes any sense. Is that an argument also about auto, auto branding uh, in general recently that it has tended to be, at least in the last decade, especially as we've seen connectivity come on and EV technology emerge, that it's been a, it's been a lot more about tech than it's been about some traditional values that we've tended to associate with the- with Yeah, I, look, I, it's a really interesting point. I, I would say that we weren't trying to downplay tech because you know we made a big investment in the infotainment platform. So uh, one of the things that we're really proud of is across all of these vehicles that are featured in the ad that you saw, the campaign that you saw, is uh, our new infotainment system called Lexus Interface. Um, you know, historically speaking, that's been a little bit of an Achilles heel for the brand. And we really wanted to put that front and center. So we really try to show whether it's broadcast or more importantly on digital media, where a lot of our younger consumers tend to consume media, to really put a lot of focus on the infotainment in our vehicles. And for years, you know, we had been criticized rightly so for having, you know, the trackpad and joystick to control the infotainment. Now you have a very sort of immersive voice and touchscreen activated um, infotainment system in Lexus interface that allows you to really control everything you need to control in the vehicle through the sound of your voice. 
this is something that I think is really important for us. Uh, again, it's a focus on tech. Um, but you're right in the sense that when you really look at this particular ad uh, as, as a kind of one piece of the overall campaign, uh, it's, it's more about the message that these vehicles are really inspired by our guests. And depending on how electric you want to go, we have something for you. Uh, now, you mentioned in passing uh, the idea of targeting uh, younger, a younger demo. And this I don't think this has ever been a ding on, on Lexus, but I think Lexus has been uh, always been characterized as a luxury, higher-priced brand that has tended to be more for the more established and older consumer. And I've noticed there are a number of moves that the brand's been making recently. In particular, we reported on golf partnerships uh, with younger golfers uh, that seem to be aiming for a younger demo. Can you talk a little bit about the changing demo of the Lexus customer, where it's been and where, where you're seeing some opportunities? Yeah, uh, I would start by saying, you know, we have historically done a really nice job of engaging and bringing uh, baby boomers and Gen Xers into the family, into the Lexus family. Um, I think it doesn't take a rocket scientist in a, in a marketing leadership position to realize that in a few short years, Gen Y will be the biggest consumer of luxury vehicles here in the United States. And, you know, when I came into this job in 2021, in January, that was one of the things that I looked at from a, from a data perspective to say, you know, we need to source more of our business from younger consumers than ever before. Now you got to do that in a, in a credible way. And I think, the foundation for our ability to connect with these consumers, aside from the media channel discussion, which we can get into a little bit further, is the product. Do you have the product that's going to resonate with them? So I think by virtue of the product proliferation across those three powertrain types between hybrid, plug-in hybrid, and electric, knowing that was coming, knowing that the younger the consumer is in the luxury space, the more focus and emphasis they put on infotainment because they're all walking around with one of these uh, iPhones or Android powered via, uh, phones in their pockets and they want to be able to seamlessly integrate. Um, I think those were some clues that, you know, we need to do a better job of engaging these audiences. So, you know, I think we've done a pretty good job over the last couple of years of transforming uh, and evolving. You know, golf has, has been, a, it's a great example. We love golf. We, we have historically been a big sponsor of golf through our sponsorships. Uh, you know, USGA is a great example. We've been a partner of the USGA. However, we also know that we need to modernize those partnerships. We know that we need to play a stronger role uh, through social media, through the different platforms, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, or our newest platform on which we've we've just started recently, which is Threads. Um, mm. You know, we're we're trying to engage consumers wherever we can. Uh, we want to go where the fish are biting, so to speak. And, you know, our media spend on digital media is at an all-time high. Um, mm -hmm. You know, broadcast television as a percentage of our overall media spend is down to the lowest I've ever seen it. Um, I still think that broadcast has the ability to deliver scale for awareness, particularly on a new model launch. So that's always going to be part of the repertoire. Um, but we have the flexibility to target these younger audiences and interests through social platforms that, you know, frankly, didn't exist 15 years ago. And we're learning and we're Kaizening like we would always do on any uh, sort of media approach. And we've also leaned in on high leverage, culture leading content platforms to create 
you know, a diverse range of content that's really going to spark our audience's interest. So examples of that could be, you know, um, uh, streaming on Twitch, uh, our partnerships with 100 Thieves, which is, uh, if you're not familiar with 100 Thieves, they're a lifestyle, lifestyle and gaming organization. Uh, we're the official automotive sponsor of 100 Thieves. You know, there's 212 million gamers in the United States. And a lot of people have this misconception that these gamers are 20-year-olds living in their parents' basement. That's not the case. Mm -hmm. The average age of these gamers are, you know, 35 years old. They have dispensable income. Uh, they're spending money on luxury brands, and they tend to get behind the brands that go and sponsor their interests. So going into gaming has been very natural for us. But there's other avenues like health and wellness. Uh, you, you already talked about golf. Um, and there's other areas where we're trying to really sort of take this approach and, and engage some of these younger consumers because we, we really feel like we have something to offer them. And uh, obviously, they're going to become uh, the biggest uh, consumers of these vehicles in the future. Well, that I, that's actually my, my follow-up question does have to do with how much of this is an immediate play where you really think that you're going to be able to increase your share of sales at that younger demo, or is this the long-term play? You need to seed this generation so that when they're ready, um, either in terms of lifestyle, overall needs, or affordability, that they're going to be able to step into the Lexus brand. How do, how do you see it? Is this something they can afford now, or is this something you think you've really got to get Lexus in their heads now? Yeah, I think it's both. I mean, there's there's young people where we're planting the seed. As an example, uh, we put the RCF GT3 in uh, a video game like Forza, mm -hmm. and you may have a 16-year-old that's looking, but they look at that vehicle and say, that's an aspirational vehicle. That's something that I would love to see myself in in the future. So there is that, what I call the planting the seed component. Mm -hmm. But there is the here and now, and I will tell you that we have seen a definitive increase in familiarity and consideration with consumers under 40 uh, since we've taken this new strategy. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the brand is, uh, you know, we look at age 18 to 44. We've seen huge jumps, percentages that we've never seen before for this brand by virtue of this new strategy. Mm -hmm. um, and I think there's there's really more where that came from. I mean, notably, Lexus was the number one brand making equity gains with Gen Z in the first wave of the inaugural ad age Harris Poll Gen Z tracker. This was in 2021. And these are indicators that not only is it working in the near term, but it's also doing what I think it needs to do in terms of setting us up for success in the future. So let's drill into the media plan a little bit more. You already um, alluded to it, and you've been in auto marketing for 20 years or so now. Wait, um, yeah. Unfortunately, more than that, Stephen. <laughs> you've, seen these, you've seen these plans evolve. Uh, it, you know, we know what um, the plan used to look like for most of, uh, of auto marketing. But now as you look at this terrain um, and the way it's fragmented, uh, I think you already alluded to the historic drop in, in TV reach. Uh, traditional linear TV reach. So when you are launching a strategy like this, uh, both an overall big brand uh, like Lexus Electrified, but then also specific spots, where what are you thinking? And what does that plan look like now? Where do you go first with a message like this? Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's a really great point. Um, I think the, the good news is, you know, while broadcast TV, as an example, has come down in terms of overall mix, um, the good news is we have so many other channels to reach consumers, whether it's the you know social media platforms that I mentioned before, streaming platforms like Twitch, 
um, partnerships with uh, brands like 100 Thieves. We've already talked about that. But also things like you probably noticed in the last couple of years, we've been more intentional with branded integrations. Mm -hmm. So as an example, uh, leveraging Peacock, which is NBC's streaming platform, to feature the all new NX in uh, the remake of what was the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air back in my day, which is now called Bel-Air, mm -hmm. uh, the number one show on Peacock, where the key members of the family of the of the uh, the actors are driving Lexus products and giving us a really credible way in with younger people that are now getting into that programming. Another great example was when the RZ450E battery electric vehicle was being launched. Uh, we partnered with Marvel Studios for the second time with uh, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, and and really sort of taking some parallels between. I don't have you seen the movie. Oh, yeah. So, you know, Wakanda, very future forward, very sort of tech forward and associating that imagery with the RZ450E tells the right message for where we're going as a brand, to your point earlier about the importance of technology. So I think these are some of the examples of things that we're doing uh, that are new for us that are really sort of helping us make inroads with these younger consumers and go where they're consume, consuming the media. So let but let me let me press the 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 plan a little bit more. Where does most of the money go right now? So it used to be we knew where it went. Um, it was linear. It was big linear TV buys. Um, where did where does it go now? What is the breakdown? Look? What's sort of the top of the the top budget budget lines now? I mean, the the, the majority of budget is going to digital um, between search, between display ads. Um, we're looking at, you know, new ways of engaging consumers through social media, through paid social media. Um, you know, these are the big buckets for us today that were smaller just a few years ago. Again, we're not going to walk away from broadcast. We have really great relationships with uh, broadcast media partners, but on a percentage of our spend basis, those are down. Uh, because again, we're following where consumers are going, um, and consumers are doing more on digital, more on streaming, um, and therefore that has to be uh, how we approach where we put the dollars. What's your biggest frustration in that media in this media plan now? It's obviously more fragmented. It obviously takes a lot more consideration and work. Um, measurement's got to be a hassle. Uh, attribution's got to be a nightmare. What, yeah, what are the biggest frustrations with this right now? What are the things you really need to solve for? Yeah, I think ultimately it goes back to that that old adage, you know, which 50% of your marketing is actually driving the success. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, we're getting better and better at measuring outcomes. Um, but you're right. I think measurement is, is one of the key challenges. Um, and really looking holistically at measurement where you're connecting the dots between what's happening on broadcast and what's happening on digital where it's arguably a lot easier to measure. You know, one of the the, the recent um, examples that's been a, a positive for us is a company like EDO. EDO started out in the entertainment space. But one of the things that they help us do is whenever something runs in broadcast, we can immediately see what's happening from a search interest perspective. Mm -hmm. So you're creating that connection between online and offline that we never used to have before, that at least gives a marketer an indication, well, when this ran, we saw a bump in interest 
you, we understand what the baseline is, what the normal level of search interest is for the brand or for the nameplates that comprise the brand. Well, now we can see, okay, when that ran, we definitively saw a bump for people that were searching for the Lexus RX or the Lexus RZ450E. And it's another way for us to say, okay, this is working. But again, to your point, the frustration is you don't want to have 10 different vendors that are doing this for you. Ultimately, you need to combine it. And for that reason, we've started our own analytics team within the company. Um, we don't necessarily want to rely only on third parties. We want to amass it into our own internal database that allows us to look at the data and say, okay, this worked and this didn't. And how do we Kaizen that for the future? And that, you know, fortunately, that was a group that was started when I was on the Toyota side. And now that I'm on the Lexus side, of course, I was very keen on bringing them to support us on the Lexus side. And uh, in many cases, when we subscribe to some of these services, we're going to first ask for our ability to onboard that data into our own uh, servers in our own cloud so that we can ultimately look at it, slice it, dice it in the right way, and then make better decisions for the future. In, in housing, you know, we've spoken for years about the in-housing of media buying and planning. Now we're talking about the in-housing of data and analytics and insights. That's right. The data stream coming from the media buy. Um, what just, I sort of want to tie these two together and go back to your, you're obviously, and I think deservedly proud of a lot of the content integrate, the integrations that you've had, Paramount Plus, you had a long, long legacy with the Black Panther brand we covered here and we had some of your marketers presented some of our events, um, some of the Lexus integrations in the original Black Panther. Um, how do you measure those? What are the what are the needles that move, if at all, there? Yeah, I think uh, number one, you can use social media to sort of assess what's the buzz about the brand related to that content. So we have social listening tools that allow us to do that. I think part of it is it's old school, but it's earned media play and looking at, okay, what kind of mentions is Lexus getting in the press and what is the readership associated with those, uh, those media outlets? Um, you know, we work really closely with our communications team uh, under the PR umbrella to take a concerted approach in measuring what's happening with the brand. Um, and then ultimately, you know, with this uh, group that I mentioned, uh, this brand analytics team, we're able to take all these different inputs and put it together to get a comprehensive picture on how is the brand doing? You know, what's our net promoter score? What is the buzz that we're getting collectively as a result of this campaign, which as you know, has multiple tentacles in terms of the different uh, media platforms that it's touching and piecing that together to say, okay, how did we do with this initiative and how does it compare against prior launches? Because now we have all this data that's captured where we can compare the launch of the TX and the GX against the last major launch, which was the RX and say, have we done a better job this time? And, and of course, at Lexus, you know, Toyota, our sister brand, you know, we kind of invented this, um, what I would call the Toyota way, where the foundation of problem solving is Kaizen. We're never satisfied. Um, we're always looking for ways to do better the next time and the next time. And I think that's the the kind of intellectual curiosity that keeps the the team really sort of focused on how do we make it better the next time when we launch. Uh, that's a good positive note to end on. Vinesh Shahani of, uh, of Lexus, thank you so much for your time today. My pleasure. Have a good one. Thank you. Thanks for hitting play on Media Post's Brand Insider Podcast. We're here each week interviewing marketing executives from large and small, legacy and emerging brands. 
They share their experiences navigating the challenges of commercial clutter, media distraction, and consumer disinterest. You can also subscribe to the Brand Insider newsletter for edited text editions of these Q&As. For this and all of the marketing and media news reporting MediaPost has provided the industry for two decades, head over to MediaPost.com. And if you have any thoughts, comments, or suggestions for Brand Insider, you can always reach me, Steve Smith, at steve at MediaPost.com. Until next week, let's market carefully out there. <laughs>